Hello everyone, my name is Sam and welcome to my podcast, Sounds Like Sam. In today's episode, fellow fantasy writer Jason and I will be discussing a sleeper from each position you should consider drafting next season. First, let's welcome Jason Wallace to the show. Hey Jason, what's up? Hey Sam, how's it going man? Thanks for having Good. me. Alright, now, uh, well before we get into the players that each of us have picked, for those of you who don't know who what sleeper picks are, the definition is of a sleeper is a player pegged as a mid to late round draft selection who we believe will significantly exceed expectations. And basically, it's their potential breakout players who will do really well. So in today's scenario, Jason will be providing his picks for the safest quarterback, running back, wider than in terms of sleeper picks. And I myself will be providing some versions of who we think are breakout sleeper candidates for next season. So Jason, let's start off with your pick for quarterback. All right, my pick for quarterback is, is not really much of a sleeper pick. It's Matthew Stafford from the Detroit Lions, and I expect him to have a bounce back year in 2020. We will assume that he will be the starter in Detroit. Obviously, um, the Lions have the third pick next year, so they might draft the quarterback. But either way, Stafford should be starting next year, and he's going to be healthy. One of the reasons why I like Stafford is from 2011 to 2018, Stafford started every single game for the Lions, which is actually a really good streak for seven or eight years. So it's obviously bound to happen at some point. He's going to have to miss some time with an injury. So he played eight games last year in 2019. Uh, He threw for 2,400 yards, 64% completion percentage, and 19 touchdowns. He also had almost 21 fantasy points a game through the first eight games of the year. So he was on pace to have one of the best seasons of his career, actually. And also he has some returning weapons like Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, and then the tight end TJ Hawkinson. They're really familiar with each other and they've Stafford and all his receivers have had a good relationship. So he, so Stafford could totally bounce back and I could easily see him scoring around 20 points a game in fantasy next year. Uh, Stafford has spent all 11 seasons of his career in Detroit. So, and he's not that old yet, too. He's only 31. So he has some good years left, uh, at least a couple good, decent years left, in my opinion. So if I were him, I'd kind of want a new challenge. And, you know, they haven't really been winning much in Detroit anyway. So I'd like to see him go to a contender or maybe after 2020, he'll be moving on if they draft a quarterback. Maybe he's just going to be the bridge this year for the quarterback in 2021. But either way, I think he's going to be the starter next year. And he, he should have a bounce back year if healthy. And the Lions fans and the fantasy football fans will be happy to have him back. So I expect big things from Matthew Stafford cool, in 2020. Cool. What about you, Sam? Who, who do you think is uh, your sleeper pick at quarterback? Uh, my sleeper pick on the riskier side is Drew Locke. He's the Denver Broncos quarterback. And... He, he started five games last season, it was the back half, and he actually did pretty well, especially for in terms of NFL football like record. He was four and one, and he had a thousand yards throwing and seven touchdowns. So that's not bad in five games. Um, Cortland Sutton, if, if he does get a good connection with Drew Locke, that, that's going to be really helpful for him. and. Because last season he had 72 receptions and over 
1,100 yards and six touchdowns. So that was a real breakthrough season for him. And then they, they just added running back Melvin Gordon to their backfield with already a stud, uh, Philip Lindsay. So that should be a good way to ease him some good yards just by throwing either of them the ball because both of them are capable of receiving. And then not to mention the fact that them having the number 15 overall pick in uh, this year's draft, they're prob- the people are looking for them to go from specifically the Alabama speedy receiver, if I'm not mistaken, right off, I think it was a 4-2-8 in his four-yard dash and quoted on being a home run pick for Denver and a perfect compliment to Sutton. So I would actually really like to see that happen. I think if, if it does happen, if they get a wide receiver like him or maybe even Jerry Judy, I think that could be a boost for him next season. And they'll still have a solid tight end, uh, but he should be getting some, making some contributions for him next season. So, uh, I mean, overall, he is a bit risky. No one really knows how it'll turn out, but it looks at last se- the end of last season, he looked re- pretty good. And my prediction of him is he'll have, I'll say 3,300 yards, 24 touchdowns, and with a potential of being a top 10 quarterback for, for fantasy. If I was going to draft him, you could probably get him in like the 11th round or something, 10th or 11th, and that should be pretty good probably even later. I was actually going to ask you, Jason, well, um, do you have stat predictions for uh, Matthew Stafford for next season? So for Matthew Stafford, I expect him to throw about close to 4,000 yards, um, which is he has been able to do that pretty consistently over his career. So maybe uh, 3,500 yards to 4,000 yards with about 20, 25 touchdowns. So I'm, I'm uh, expecting big things from that's Stafford good, good. next year. Uh, you, you can wait on Stafford and get him in one of the later rounds or off, possibly yeah. off the waiver wire. But I, I'd expect him one of the later rounds. So I guess we'll go back to you, too, on um, who's your running back for next year to draft. All right, so another somewhat of a sleeper. I like Todd Gurley going to the Atlanta Falcons. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. He's back in the state of Georgia where he played some college ball. So, you know, he's going to have some added motivation there. He loves that state, mm-hmm. it seems like. It's also kind of unfortunate he left L.A. so fast because he is one of the best running backs in football the last few years. Obviously was a fan favorite, but leaving that aside, even though Gurley struggled according to his standards in 2019, he still had 14 touchdowns, which is a good number, 12 rushing. But he also did have a career low, 857 yards on the ground. So the big issue obviously with Gurley is his health and that knee that knee is a tricky injury to manage when players get older and each year they keep playing it's just more mileage on that knee and who knows how long that'll be able to uh, hold up for him but he's still only 25 though so he's still young and then obviously the Falcons they have struggled the last couple years quite a bit and I think to keep Matt Ryan and Julio Jones kind of happy they had to make some improvements to their roster and Gurley could be like a low risk, high reward kind of guy for them. But I do expect he's going to be their lead back, not much competition Definitely. behind him. So I don't think he's going to be scoring a lot of uh, touchdowns. I don't think he's going to be scoring as many touchdowns as his LA days, but I think he could be a solid running back number two choice. And I expect him to have some more yards. He had 857 yards last year, so I'd expect him to go up to about to have around 1,200 yards or 1,000 yards 
anywhere in that range, a thousand to twelve hundred yards, and he can get into du double digit touchdowns, maybe ten, eleven. So I think that would be a really solid year for Gurley, and I think the Falcons will get what they pay for if he does that. So I think he's gonna have a good year next year. It just who knows with the knee how long he can keep that up, but. In the short term, he's still going to be a good player, I think. What about you? Who's I mean, your my running back? Uh, my yeah. running back, who's more the riskier sleeper, would be uh, Darius Geis. And for me, I feel better in PPR. I think he's risky just because of his very injury-prone. And the Washington Redskins are still kind of not that good, but he is very talented. I am a big LSU guy, so I still have, I still have faith He'll come around and do some good there. He had a, a few good games with the Redskins, even though he only played five games. His stat line was was okay. He had 42 rushes, two touchdowns, 245 yards. And I do remember him having at least one 100-yard game. And he also had seven receptions on nine targets. So he, he was uh, definitely a pass catcher, and I think that will help. And I, I mean, I've kind of been going after him the past couple of years, waiting for him to break out, and he just hasn't. And I think this could be a year if he is 100% healthy, he could just ball out, and I think he's ready. And I, I also think as a pro, them having kind of iffy offense, they're going to be running the ball more. So that'll be a lot more opportunities, as well as easier on the quarterback, whoever's playing, they'll probably get him some more uh, receiving time. So they'll probably just have him run some like short little out routes or just some short, easy quarterback catch and throws just to make it easier for his quarterback. So those reasons I like. And cons I see is, uh, I mean, he has to share the backfield with Adrian Peterson right now, who's still got some good stuff left in him. He's been active. I mean, if you don't know who Adrian Peterson is, then living under a rock or something but he's uh he's very he's still very talented he's kind of old though that's the only thing and then obviously he's in, uh Darius is very injury prone the other problem is Bryce Love who is the Stanford running back who was a rookie last year uh could possibly take Darius guys's place if he gets injured or something again so I, I just I really just like him mostly because of uh, his LSU past, but also because the situation should be beneficial in terms of them giving him the ball a lot, because I think they are going to try and focus it more on the running game, especially with Ron Rivera. What he did with Christian McCaffrey, too, helps Darius Geis' case, just because you have well, Christian McCaffrey was basically the Swiss Army knife and had, like, what, 100 receptions? last year and then like 90 receptions the year before something like that so those both should pose really well for, for Darius next season for my prediction I have him set at a thousand yards uh, seven touchdowns 50 receptions and 300 receiving yards uh, two receiving touchdowns so and then I think draft wise you, you should probably try to pick him up I'd say the eighth round I'm sure people will be looking into him, but I feel like people will be less set on getting him, so you probably could sneak him out of the eighth round or something like that. But if you want to be safe and you really need a flex play, he could be an interesting flex. But to be safer, I would I would try to bench him and try to find someone else for your flex. But uh, yeah, he, he could be a potential flex play this year. Um, oh, nice. Who do you like got for your um, wide receiver? 
so at wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's in the NFL in 2017 and 2018. He is the Steelers' number two uh, receiver uh, behind Antonio Brown. Uh, 2018 was by far his best year with 111 receptions, uh, 1,400 yards, and seven touchdowns. Um, Juju had more uh, receptions and yards um, than AB that year, but AB had, or uh, Juju had more receptions and yards than a- uh, Antonio Brown that year, but Antonio Brown had uh, twice as many touchdowns. They're quite the dynamic duo, actually. And due to injuries, only he had a well when, when he was on the field, he was not very good. He only had 42 receptions, 552 yards, and only three touchdowns. That is quite a difference from 2018. Um, but obviously, a lot of that has to do with Big Ben being out, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, so the Steelers have to turn to Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges at quarterback. Yep. And as my man Sam knows, yep, yep. he's the uh, Steelers fan here. Nope. Uh, they were not good at all. Um, they, you probably honestly couldn't have much worse of a uh, quarterback pairing kind mm-hmm. of in a single season, just the way they perform. Um, and then uh, Big Ben is going to be returning in 2020 and Jameis Winston as the backup because I think that could be a really good uh, pickup for them. Now they have some they have some good weapons like James Washington, Deontay Johnson. So I think um, Juju won't be double teamed as much or double, double coverage as much. And um, I expect Big Ben to get him the ball a lot more. And with all the weapons that they have on offense, um, obviously they have James Conner too and uh, Samuels. Um, I think with the weapons that they have, um, Juju will, um, I I think Juju will uh, be uh, double covered less and I think he's going to learn from last season um, and learn like it's, it's, you know, not so easy being the number one guy and I think he'll be ready and fresh and I think you don't not, not, you don't have necessarily have to say he'll be the number one receiver on the team. I think Juju, um, James Washington, and Deontay uh, Johnson will have a nice little uh, mm-hmm. they'll uh, feed off of each other kind of. And I think uh, Juju will definitely bounce back. 110 receptions around, uh, maybe 1,200 yards, and. He's never gotten to 10 or double digit touchdowns yet in his career. So I think he might get close to that. I'm thinking maybe eight or nine, possibly 10. But um, I I know Big Ben is going to be trying to get him the ball. And he has other receiver options also, like I mentioned. So I think um, that added pressure off, I guess. Uh, He'll have a bounce back year. And uh, if Juju plays well, I think the Steelers will have a much better year next year. My guy, what about you? Preston Williams. Um, and this is, um, I, he's definitely a risk um, just because, I mean, he's playing on the Dolphins right now, which um, has not really done much, although their offseason has been pretty interesting. Um, not to mention their draft picks um, looks really good. Um, at the moment, they're, I, if I remember correctly, they're looking to go after a quarterback, um, possibly Tua Tagovailoa, the Alabama guy. Um, and then also, 
possibly yeah. Justin Herbert. So I think both of those guys um, in the NFL right now, Albert Wilson, and then like Jakeem Grant are not really ahead of them, but um, they're just kind of more experienced. And um, it's kind of interesting because the Devontae Parker really broke out last season. But to me, he clicked really well with um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I thought. Um, and for only eight games for half the season, 28 yards and three touchdowns. So that's not that's not bad at all, especially because he was going to a team that was literally predict, predicted maybe one game. That was good. And I, I just think uh, having Devontae Parker there and doing well, uh, specifically last season, he had 12 100 yards, 72 receptions, and nine touchdowns. So that's going to draw attention to um, to him. I think it'll open up space for uh, Preston Williams to go and uh, make the plays I did last season. And especially if they get a guy like uh, Tua or Justin Herbert uh, to play under center, there um, it should excel him uh, a lot. Just because um, he'll have a better quarterback at play and. Um, I, I, I know they're trying to fix a, they're they're really rebuilding so um I do um I do like him as a he, he's probably out of everybody I'm talking about um he's the riskiest guy I would say and you can honestly probably um consider drafting him but I would definitely keep an eye out for him or make him like a your last pick I would say he's gonna do about 950 yards and I go seven touchdowns because again he will be playing with uh, Devontae Parker and he did break out last season. And not to mention they have um, a, uh, another guy I'll talk about later um, who, who's I think is going to be a breakout guy as well, um, Mike Jacecki. So yeah, that's uh, that's my guy. How about um, nice? Who do you have for uh, your tight end? All right. So for my tight end, this is probably the riskiest guy that I uh, had. Um, it's Chris Herndon, the tight end from the New York Jets. Um, I expect him to bounce back in 2020. He had a decent rookie year in 2018 with 39 receptions, 502 yards, and four touchdowns. But most of that, um, most of those uh, stats came towards the end of the year in 2018 and he's starting to develop a a nice relationship with Sam Darnold Um, and then last year he was only limited to one game uh, due to injury he had a rib injury so he was placed on the IR Um, and then the Jets obviously they don't have a whole lot of uh, options to catch passes these days Um, but their receiving core looking like Jameson Crowder Brashad Perriman and a rookie that they're going to draft and then possibly Quincy Inunua, but um, there's some talk that he might get cut or um, might not be ready for the start of the season because uh, he's had now two like pretty major neck injuries for a while and just someone they can't really rely on, even though he's kind of a beast tight end uh, in Ryan Griffin uh, that they uh, found last year. Well, actually, um, similar to Herndon, towards the end of the year, he, uh, he was impressing a lot of the uh, coaches and playing uh, really well, he scored five touchdowns, and he was also developing a really uh, good relationship with Darnold at quarterback. Probably uh, a competition, uh, or they're going to be using two tight ends, 
catches because uh, like throwing to tight ends in the end zone. So really late round pick, um, or you can pick them up on the waiver wire. Uh, just I, I think um, it it. He might struggle to begin the year, uh, trying to uh, kind of get back in the swing of things. And um, if when Adam Gase is trying to figure out who he wants um, at tight end, and probably figuring out a lot, figuring out a lot of different uh, combos. But um, he could be a late round pick. I think he has some upside. Um, he, he's a he's uh, I believe he is uh, he's six four, two hundred fifty three pounds. Um, he can move uh, pretty well, um, so I expect him. I expect him to bounce back, and my predictions for him will be 650, 700 yards, six touchdowns um, next year. But I think it all kind of depends on end position and um, to have like a really good fantasy year. I think he has it, or I think he's definitely capable, and. Um, uh, let's see. Is there anything else I want to add? Um, uh, yeah, he's, he's more real, realistically, he's going to be a waiver wire pickup, uh, especially if uh, Ryan Griffin goes down, the other tight end. Um, he'll definitely have a lot more opportunities. So, my pick for tight end is Dolphins tight end Mike Jacecki of the Miami Dolphins. He's uh, not, he's he'll be going into his third year in the NFL. He's a 6'6", 250-pound uh, tight end. And uh, last season with 70 yards receiving and five touchdowns. And uh, these came more with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in, in the center for them. Because yeah. he does play on the same team as Preston Williams. And I, I really see their, their whole squad as a real up-and-coming type of thing where uh, they definitely have a, some upside on them. And he's probably more upside than even Preston Williams, but I still like them both. And uh, just some more about him I or about their team with uh, going back to the Devontae Parker. I think he'll he'll open some stuff up uh, for Jacecki to get into. And I think he'll just be more of a red zone threat. He already had five receiving touchdowns last season, which is not bad. Um, and with 500 yards, I can... Um, if he does get one of the uh, the rookie quarterbacks like Justin Herbert or Tua, who could definitely make a complete difference for the team um, in terms of their offense as a whole, I, I could see him spiking up to... Uh, 75 receptions, a thousand yards, and nine touchdowns. So he's a, and you got, you got to remember too that they're like if you can find a solid tie, a solid tight end makes your team, and you don't necessarily have to um, go with like the top three guys. You can just go with the guy who's getting you, like even if he gets you five points a week, at least in standard terms, like that's better than nothing. Like some guys, they they don't like. And they may be getting you six points every other week or something. So if you can consistently get five points or something out of a guy, like it's not poor. I mean, it's not obviously the best, but I can definitely see this guy getting you eight fantasy points a game. Um, There's seven to eight fantasy points a game, which won't be the best. So he's not going to be the Travis Kelsey or George Kittle kind of guy, but he could definitely get up there and get you some um, 
you, you could have a breakout year like Darren Sells, I think, who for Oakland, for Oakland was um, their best receiver and still is their best receiver. So um, I could see a similar situation happening like that with Mike Gusecki on the Dolphins. So I do like that. Um, and I like him next season. If you were to draft him, um, you could probably sneak him in a late draft too, like everybody else I basically said. Um, he might even slip into your waiver wire, so um, me, it probably needs like 12. If you have any questions or comments about this topic, feel free to contact me on my Twitter account, at Fantasy, and also Jason's Twitter, at JasonWallace01. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to either of those uh, Twitter accounts and my blog, which the link is in my bio. Again, that is at BullseyeFantasy and at JasonWallace01 on, tw- at Jason Wallace 01 on Twitter. Best. Thank you.